everyone. This is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Today is Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. Uh, it's actually been a couple of months uh, since my uh, last podcast, but I have a doozy for the podcast today. I've got a real interesting company that I'd like to talk about. I've, um, I've got lucky enough to have met um, a gentleman that actually, it's, I think it goes back, John, to CES, if I'm not mistaken, about That's six right, months yeah, ago. Yeah, and uh, the name of the company is Aikudo. Uh, did I pronounce it properly, John? Aikudo. Aikudo. And it's, yes. an interesting, it's an interesting disruptive company. John Foster is the uh, CEO there. In fact, uh, they're not too far from where I live in my neck of woods. I live over at uh, Centenaro at San Jose. So they're the one, of the more the one of the more convenient clients I've had to uh, work with. They're over in Campbell. And uh, it's you know, really going to be a fascinating company because they're involved in the entire voice um, uh, category. And as everybody knows, you know, as Steve Jobs like, used to like to say, the reason why he liked the touch category was because you couldn't lose your finger. Well, I think if he was around today, he would probably say, well, voice is even better because you can't lose your voice. Because it really is, you know, uh, it really is, you know, the, the, the universal interface really to the entire digital world. And um, the, the, that, that actually um, positioning is absolutely accurate. So it really is a fascinating company. I'd like to welcome John to the podcast. John, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Good to talk to you again. Well, John, before we get into the company itself, because there's a lot of fascinating things, and you the company and its mission aligns so nicely with, um, with what's going on in the voice field, I always like to talk about, you know, uh, first and foremost, you know, how did you get there? I mean, you're, you're uh, you know, obviously running the company, but let's talk a little bit about your background and kind of what led you to the company. Yeah, so I've been involved in, in technology companies across different stages and different areas uh, for most of my career. And I kind of joke that I keep moving up the stack. I started out doing building uh, fiber networks uh, for a company that Craig McCaw ran and kind of worked my way up. I did uh, streaming media with real networks in the early days there. Um, and then uh, most recently, I was with a uh, prior company where they had started out doing voice search within apps. Uh, and where it just that company didn't have quite the right approach so but we thought that that voice within apps was really going to be an interesting thing to do and, and as we were looking at you know voice at that point in time which was really alexa you know alexa had created this whole kind of universe of skills which were um in some ways it's a parallel universe right i mean it was mm -hmm. all these things that you could do with voice <clears throat> but that you could mostly do a lot of those things already and, and actually a lot more with mobile apps. And so when we started uh, Aikido just uh, March 2017, um, we thought, you know, the, the approach that would really make sense here is to apply voice to mobile apps. So if you could use your mobile apps just with voice, right, everybody's got a phone with them all the time so that the device is not a problem, right? Phones are ubiquitous. Right. Um, and in, in fact, we have some people suggest, well, what about when your phone's not with you? And it's like, when? You know, it's <laughs> your phone's always with you. Right. Um, it's practically under your pillow at night. So right. the phone is with you all the time. We're on our mobile apps all the time. If we can make them faster and easier to use just using simple voice commands, then we thought that that was a good value for consumers and it would be sort of a good inducement for them to learn how to use this new new user interface, right? I mean, voice right. is a new UI, so it requires people to change their habits. Uh, but that was where we really were focused was from this prior company and our, our view of searching within apps to saying, well, what if you could go further than just searching and actually execute the actions within, within apps? Mm -hmm. um, so that was really kind of the origins of Aikido. Uh, and 
um, the the teams that we've brought together here to execute this, and and we we have a team that's here in Silicon Valley, and we have a team that's in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And there's kind of two key parts of what we do. The first is um, really sort of how do you understand all these different natural language commands and, and variations on commands. And, and our our view is that voice has to be intuitive, right? You can't right. require the user to learn an exact syntax mm-hmm. and, you know, make them stick to that. It's just it's too much of a tax. Right. Um, and so what we thought was, well, wide variations of commands ought to be able to work, right? And so if you say, I need to get to the airport, or I need a car to the airport, or I need a ride to the airport, those should all just work. Right. Um, and so to accomplish that, there's our team in, in Belfast, this team has actually been around since about 2007. They started life as a semantic search company, and they have a uh, very unique approach to language understanding. They don't, we don't understand language sort of in a grammatical way, so we don't technically understand the meaning of the language itself. Mm-hmm. But what we do focus on using a statistical model that they've built is what's the intent behind the, the command that was uttered, right? What's the user's intent? That's our whole right. focus is intent detection. Um, and having the benefit of the team that's been around for a long time, they were a, a sister company of our uh, our venture backers, Atlantic Bridge. Um, having having access to their expertise and eventually uh, kind of doing a merger with them was incredibly valuable because they've spent ten years, ten plus years, building out their technology and their expertise around a very hard problem. Uh, so by the time we got Aikido started and we first got in touch with the team there, they already knew exactly how to do this. And, and that was a huge advantage to us. And I would, I would credit their expertise and their, uh, their maturity as a platform with our ability to you know, launch kind of within a year of getting started um, powering Motorola. Uh, right, we powered, right. Um, the Hello Moto, the actions platform there. Um, which is a hard problem. It's a broad-based voice assistant, um, and you have to you have to really have a good uh, natural language understanding platform in order to really properly put that into service and deploy it. So right, we right. had a great advantage with them. The team that's here is mostly focused around mobile apps. So okay, now we've we've understood the user's intent. Where do we go to execute that action? Uh, and like I said, we focused initially on mobile apps. So the team here has deep expertise in um, in mobile OSs, both Android and iOS. We can do this in both. Um, and the the other key piece that we have here is um, our CTO uh, Rajat came out of Google and Yahoo. He's He's a search guy, and in fact, uh, I'm a search guy in my past background, and Dave Patterson, who runs our team in Belfast, is also a search guy. This is fundamentally a search problem, right? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Matching the user's intent to the appropriate action, right? Getting the the right response back, the very best response, not just a response that might fill the bill, but the very best response, right? And that's fundamentally a search problem. So so those are kind of the the core people that we have working on this problem. and it's really it's it's the right combination of uh, expertise to be able to solve this problem. And like I say, the, the glue that holds it all together really is that ability to search and and be able to index index knowledge in kind of that search sense. So if you're looking for if the domain is you know movies and entertainment, you have to know that you know Tom Cruise is an actor, um, mm-hmm. and so and he's he's in a bunch of movies. Right. Uh, that's the kind of domain knowledge that we build up as part of our sort of search expertise. Um, and so having that ability to to put together knowledge in that sort of a way uh, is a big advantage for us. 
Yeah, no, and <clears throat> excuse me, and you know, one of the things I think is interesting is that you know, while voice has been around, you know, like you said, for several years, and you know, people, you know, immediately when they think of Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant, or maybe they, you know, if they're obsessed with Windows, they think about Cortana, you know. And the interesting thing is the two problems that is that at the end of the day, and, and it varies between searches uh, between the different, you know, popular voice assistants that are out there. They're all varying in terms of how smart they really are, and it's it's and it's sometimes very easy to fool them. You can ask some of, some of the better ones a very very specific question, and you'll you'll get a completely erroneous answer, or the the algorithms didn't know uh, didn't know the direction you were going with with the question. The other thing <clears throat> that I think a lot of people can appreciate is in in my home, for example, you know I've got Alexa, I've got Siri, uh, Apple Siri with a HomePod, and I've got Cortana. Uh, you know that I access via my Xbox in my entertainment system and they all work they all activate with a slightly different activation phrase which drives me crazy because it's it's, it's completely counterintuitive to the way voice should work I mean voice should work you should not even have to think about it and I find myself in my own home kind of pausing there saying okay what device am I in front of and how should yeah. I and that drives me crazy to be quite honest with you so so let's talk That's a little a bit of problem yeah, yeah it is there's a lot of discussion, too, about are we going to live in a world with one assistant or multiple assistants, right? And you point out the problem with having multiple assistants is you have to think about, and the same with, you know, your car, right? Because now you see voice in cars. Right. If you have to get in your car and think, what can I do here versus what can I do at home? That's that's the wrong experience, right? It, sure. It needs, to be, it needs to be consistent across all these different experiences. Right. So, you know, taking a step back, I mean, the technology that, you know, your company offers is, is you know, it's, it's very broad. It's a platform. It applies to a yes. lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different usage models. In, you know, kind of where you are right now, you know, could you kind of bit, you know, comment a bit on what are the two or three top usage models that you right now see, you know, your voice uh, platform technology applying to and, and recognizing it's a lot broader than what you're probably going to go through. But let, let's talk a little bit about that those top two or three that you're, you're getting already getting traction with yeah so the i think the probably the, the the top one at the moment really is sort of automotive right and just because naturally uh you know hands-free usage should has to be part of that driving experience right just for mm -hmm. safety's sake um what we do there is and the auto manufacturers are very very focused on voice um and also kind of you know and and this applies we'll talk about this i think a little bit later as well but very focused on their brand, right? So if if you get into your brand new Mercedes, Mercedes doesn't want you to say, hey, Alexa, right? They, they want this to be their experience. And so what we do with the car manufacturers is we we facilitate them by enabling enabling them to connect to the user's phone. So I get mm -hmm. in the car, the phone pair with the head unit, and now I have access to my apps through the head unit. It's a, an experience that's curated by Mercedes, uh, so it may or may not be our entire platform. And, I, and we don't actually work with Mercedes right now, I'm just using them as an example, because mm -hmm. all the car companies are focused on, this needs to be their experience, right? They don't want this to just all leak off to um, Android Auto or um, you know CarPlay. They right. want this to be their experience. And so what we offer is the personalization that's inherent in your phone. Right, we've we've already made all these decisions uh, on our phones about which you know which music apps do we use, which messaging apps do we use, and, and even within those, which which people do we talk to on which messaging apps? Mm -hmm. We've already made all these decisions, right? And so, right. if we can enable that level of personalization, 
accessible through the car's systems, then that's the right goal, right? Because right. then, and, and even as you get kind of further down the road, you can pair multiple car, multiple phones in the same car. So I'm in the car and I can say, um, you know, play my jazz playlist. Uh, and my wife can be in the car and she can say, um, you know, play my alt rock playlist. Voice ID will ultimately recognize this is her speaking and it should go to her version of Pandora on her phone. Right. And, or when I give her the command, then voice ID recognizes that it's me and it should go to my version of Spotify. Right. And that's, that's the level of kind of integrated personalization that I think the car manufacturers are looking for. And it's what people are, are doing right now. Right. Because if you don't get it through the car, you see people driving down the road, doing it on their phone. Uh, mm. and that, you know, that's not good. So <laughs> the, auto, the automobile is a clear one. Um, another one that we think is very interesting is at home in the connected home in particular, where, you know, you're, you've engaged with media programming right through your cable provider for example um but you're sitting on the couch with your phone out messaging people ordering food calling your uber right all those things those experiences can all be integrated in a very analogous fashion into that media experience that you have right and mm -hmm. so the cable providers are looking for and kind of the, i think the battle is who's going to be the hub of the connected home mm -hmm. um, and you know obviously amazon wants to be through the Alexa, uh, Google wants to be through Google Home. The cable provider or your you know broadband uh, internet provider also wants to be the hub of your connected home. And so the question is, who can who could offer the you know the broadest portfolio or suite of services and activities available to their consumers through a very easy interface? Right. Um, and I think some of the cable guys are on the right track here with doing voice search through your voice remote right now that enables you to, you know, do all of your media search, um, you know, looking for programming. One of the key problems that they're solving right now, and that it's going to, you know, be a, an increasing problem for consumers is this fragmentation across all these different video services, right? As you see, um, you know, Disney Plus is pulling their programming away and, and concentrating it just with their, within their own service. For consumers, you know, it's, they don't really necessarily know or care where that program was. And so this, I do this all the time, right? Did I see that on Amazon or did I see it on Netflix? I can't really remember. And so I'm, you know, opening both apps and searching and it just, that's a problem that, right. that needs to be solved. And that some of the, some of the cable guys are starting to solve already with voice yeah, search, right? Just right, show, right. Me that, show me that show. Yeah. I mean, Apple has uh, done it, you know, fairly well, you know, it, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, Roku has terrific universal search, depending regardless yeah. of where your content comes, because you don't want to pay for the content twice. They do a pretty right. good job of searching that. But, you know, but one thing I want to kind of roll back a little bit because, you know, you kind of skimmed over it is that, your technology must be particularly friendly to manufacturers, and let's just use cars as a, as a challenge uh, or as an opportunity. In that, you know, car manufacturers have obviously have been struggling with, you know, who should you know, implement or design, who should own the dashboard experience for entertainment and GPS. And you know, BMW went on their, went off in their direction. Um, Mercedes went off in their direction a few years ago. Um, and you know, then you had the rise of Apple CarPlay. You've had um, you've had uh, uh, the the Google um, uh, Android Auto uh, capability. And it, it's what's interesting to me about that over the last few few years is that the the BM. Just let's use BMW for uh, as a kind of the poster child. They really pushed back against you know really embracing Apple 
um, uh, because they really did not want Apple to own that piece of the dashboard in the car because it's a revenue opportunity, yep. you know. And what I think, you know, where you guys are headed in, in, in addition to the, to the richness of the capability is that, you know, your, your uh, platform capability preserves that opportunity for the car manufacturer. You're not, you're not, you're not conceding it, you know, to, um, to a third party. You following where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, so we're, it's a white label platform, right? And I think that that's really critical for particularly the car companies, right? If you think about, you know, some years out, right, when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, the car manufacturers are not then necessarily selling that same car experience, right? BM, is BMW going to be the ultimate driving machine or is it going to be the ultimate riding machine, right? It's a different right. experience than they're going to be selling. Right. And that digital experience, the digital platform that they're providing to their consumers, that's going to be their branding um, and that's going to be their differentiation. And so mm-hmm. you're exactly right that it, they need to be able to provide this in a way that's that reemphasizes their brand and doesn't just leak away not only the the brand and the consumer experience, but all of the user data, right? I mean, yes. like you point out, it could be a mm-hmm. monetization opportunity. In order to monetize all those transactions, you need to be able to collect that data. Uh, right. And that's something that they can't afford to let leak off to, you know, to Apple or to Amazon or to Google. Well, yeah, you know, and the car manufacturers, you know, they're not stupid. You know, they saw what no. happened with uh, with MP3 players and and with music and with with uh, with phones. Is that you know, kind of Apple kind of yep. zoomed in, and they really own those these experiences, and they certainly don't want to concede that to um, to Apple once again, or Google Absolutely. for that matter, or Google for that matter. So, but you know, but going back to the whole. Uh, the voice platform piece because it is significant and you know the I know there's data out there that says you know voice is kind of number three behind uh, let's say touch and uh, you know, the the good old you know, venerable you know mouse and click uh, interface which has been around for 25 or 30 years but to me voice is interesting because voice has that AI component to it um, and not to say that the other interfaces don't have an AI component to it but let's talk about it in your view how sig- significant it is uh, because it really is becoming pervasive I mean it's really hard to find a technology product whether it's consumer or even enterprise for that matter or, or at the corporate level that doesn't have a voice you know um, uh, uh, ingredient to it so let's talk a little bit about that for a second and, and the disruption that it's causing yeah so you know, I, our view is, and I think you've, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but our view is that voice just becomes ubiquitous, right? It, it becomes kind of our primary interface to our technology. And, and you see this in, you know, messaging and, and search and some of these other areas where once you use a voice search or voice messaging, you just never go back to typing, right? Because it's just easier and faster and, and better. Um, so as you see kind of, you know, consumers adopting voice, and you see these these entry points for voice search now just proliferating, right? There's smart speakers, you're, you're in your car, you're on your phone, there's wearables, there's your voice remote, your TV. There's all these new entry points for voice searches, right? All, anywhere we are, we'll be able to issue a voice command. Uh, and so then you just see this proliferation of voice commands, right? I and mean, it's basically, it's think it, do it, right? It mm-hmm. just doesn't require. There's no friction to it. Right. Uh, and so if you think about that, um, these are all inputs to your AI, right? Everything that I'm doing, all these, you know, 
thousands of voice commands that I'll issue in the course of a day are all inputs and insights into into me. Um, and if your if your business is focused around AI and, and building a robust understanding of your consumer, um, voice is a critical input. You you absolutely have to be able to have some kind of a voice platform so that you can see all this stuff, right? And if right. you don't see it, that means that it's going to you know Amazon or to Google or to Apple. Um, and so this is where the other kind of area that we're focused on with voice is mobile apps themselves. Um, whether it's you know Walmart as a retailer or somebody like an Uber, where they want to be able to have that direct interaction with their consumer, uh, if somebody goes to opens their Uber app and says, "Get me a ride to the airport," um, versus what they really don't want to and can't afford is to be disintermediated. If you remember the old search days, right? That was the term. Mm-hmm. Exactly what the voice is, right? If somebody goes to Alexa and says, "I need a ride to the airport." That's terrible for Uber, for Lyft, for anybody in the ride sharing business, right? Right. To to define a voice experience for your consumers, so that you're still having that direct relationship with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So let's yeah. So let's talk about that, John, because this gives, from a marketing standpoint, this gives a rise to the whole notion of a voice brand. I mean, you yeah. know, again, consumers kind of think of Alexa. It's a brand, right? It's a sub brand under the uh, under the Amazon moniker, but you know what you're trying to do, um, and I think it's very interesting, is you're trying to apply your your, your platform technology that allows um, you know uh, any type of brand out there to integrate voice into it and and really brand it from a customization and personalization uh, standpoint. And that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a very powerful marketing distinction. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I th- we think of, uh, you know, voice as a UI, right? And so if you mm-hmm. think of any other UI, this is your brand, right? So in whether it's your mobile app or your web page, um, you know, or just, uh, you know, your storefront, mm-hmm. um, these are our UIs and, and voice is going to be no different. You have to be able to, um, you know, convey your brand message or your, your brand, um, at least distinctive um, message through voice. Um, and having a voice interface that's um, that's unique and differentiated and somehow speaks your brand. Um, I mean, if you think about, people talk a little bit about sonic branding, but if you think about the the AT and T, the you know the bongs that they have in their ads, that's sonic mm-hmm. branding. Right. So voice branding, right. I think, is going to have you know be an extension of that sort of thing. Where oh, I know that that's I know that that's an AT and T commercial, right? Even if I right. don't see it, I can hear it. I know I know what it is, right? And the voice is going to be similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, as part of that voice brand, you think of what's going to be the voice call to action, right? Because you're you need to create a an invitation for a consumer to know that they can use voice with your app or with your car or whatever it is. Um, and that's going to be part of that voice brand is what is that call to action for the consumer? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I, I think this gets very, very interesting, but it's going to be just as critical as, you know, any other aspect of branding where it is kind of your UI to that consumer. Um, and if you, if you fail to brand it properly, uh, I think you've lost a big opportunity. Yeah, it's funny that you say you know you talk about the um, you know the, the you know sonic branding. I, I I love that phrase because I could be in a completely different room, and it's very subtle. But I could hear the Intel chime in another yep. room, and I know there's an Intel commercial being played somewhere. I mean, or, or even right. a, a piece of musical score or some type of sound effect, and you just know 
and it's part of the branding experience that that this that this audio effect is associated with the um, with a particular brand and that's ex- very very powerful and it's very subliminal at the same time, which yes. makes it which makes it even more powerful. Um, in the few minutes that we have left, let's let's talk about you know um, you know the impact of voice and AI and the impact it is going to have on a- AI because I think that's really one of the really powerful distinctions of your of of the capability that you're bringing to bear with um, uh, with with your company's technology. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think it's incredibly important from a fluidity standpoint. It's you know again, voice is ubiquitous and it's everywhere. You know, you, again, back to Steve Jobs. You, you know, or paraphrasing him, you can't lose your voice. You could, I guess, yeah. you could lose your finger, but you can't lose your voice. Uh, but right. um, so let's talk about that, and and especially from a um, uh, you know, a data aggregation standpoint, because because you know, the more you use this tool, the smarter it becomes, and the more useful it becomes. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. that. Exactly. So so one of the features of our platform um, that's been kind of core to us from from the beginning here is building out um, the voice graph, right? And and we talk about knowledge graphs and so on like that. It's the voice graph is going to be a unique data set here of what are people doing with voice, right? And so we're seeing with our deployment with Motorola, what, you know, which apps people are using in Brazil, which apps people are using in Mexico, which apps people are using in India. Um, the voice graph is different, right? What commands are people using? Um, how are people using voice? Which devices are they using it on? This is this is going to be an incredibly rich data source to, to really inform your AI um, ultimately, maybe to monetize it or, you know, maybe just to deepen the personalization that you have, right? If you think about, um, you know, there's there's wireless carriers, for example, right? It, there's a lot of churn, right? Churn is something I'm very concerned with. If you could deepen the personalization for your users using voice, right? I could imagine rather than having a, you know, homepage and then 10 pages of apps, just having a microphone where you can then just, you know, access all of your apps. And as, as you point out, the AI gets smarter and smarter the more you use it. And mm-hmm. so now it's pretty fluid in terms of being able to jump to the actions that you want, um, you know, send send Joe a message um, or just tell Joe, I'm going to see you later tonight. Um, let's meet at, uh, you know, at the Palm. Um, it's, it's that kind of personalization and the, the way it deepens that relationship uh, for your consumer to where the idea for them to then, you know, churn off of your service and then go start someplace else and, you know, start basically start training that AI again from scratch. Mm-hmm. I think that becomes a pretty untenable situation for a lot of consumers. Right. Um, but you need to kind of create that experience for them now and get them started with it. Um, and I think then it becomes very interesting then to see whether um, whether you start to see some of these services that have tended to be, um, you know, to some extent commodities, whether they end up being uh, voice itself and, and the AI behind it makes them personalized to such an extent that you really now, you no longer have a commodity, right? Because now it's my wireless service on my carrier and my relationship there is so strong with that, the whole back end of, you know, all the things that I can do then through this voice front end that it becomes very rich for me and I can't conceive of, of leaving and going someplace else. Right, and that's that kind of stickiness that 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 manufacturers love because it, you know gives yeah. you um, less incentive to move to another platform or move or move away from a particular brand or product. But uh, John, this was great. Fa- you know, you're, you guys are doing some fascinating and disruptive stuff. 
we re- I do really appreciate your time. Um, how do we uh, what, give us the name of your website so we can so uh, interested parties can can uh, learn more about you guys? Yeah, so it's iqdo.com, A-I-Q-U-D-O.com, um, and you can find us there, and, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Well, John, thanks for taking the time to uh, call in to the podcast today. We really appreciate your time. I want to thank the entire More Insights and Strategy audience on uh, listening to today's podcast. Please follow us on the usual social media suspect partners. Uh, that's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.